welcome to the Mindful Creator Podcast. I live by the philosophy that good or bad, we create everything in our life. If you're listening, my hope is that this podcast plants the seed in your mind that you can be the mindful creator of your world and that you might be inspired to take action to create your best life by whatever learnings impact you the most. So welcome back to the podcast, guys. Joining me on today's show is the doctor couple, Yusuf and Zara, who run their own business, Squeak Facial Aesthetics Clinic out of Harley Street, London. They're both qualified dentists. I know that Yusuf has also branched out into private oral surgery, but both qualified dentists who've broken away from the traditional career paths um, to essentially forge their own paths and more recently have also taken on the responsibility and life-changing duty of becoming parent as well to their stunning little daughter. Uh, guys, thank you so much for being on the show and taking the time out of your incredibly busy schedules, I'm sure, just because of the fact that you're parents. So welcome. Thank you for thank having you. us. Thanks. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, yeah, I really appreciate it. And I know you guys have got a really cool story. So um, let's just get straight into it because the first thing that you guys did before starting the business was that you guys went on the journey to become dentists. So let's just talk about that for a second. What was it about dentistry that drew you guys to study that? Was it something that you were inspired to do from a really young age or like what, what's the story <laughs> behind that? Do you want to start? Um, yeah, I can start. It's no problem. I mean, in all honesty, um, when you look back on deciding what to do for the rest of your life and go to university, get a job, the fact that you're expected to do that at 17 or 18 now seems ridiculous to me. Um, because realistically, you know, you don't know anything at that age. So for me, I, I almost, I suppose I fell into it. So no one in my family or immediate sort of uh, circle had any experience of even going to university, let alone okay. um, going and doing a, a vocation like dentistry. But I had a few friends in my local community, you know, as part of my mosque that had done dentistry and they encouraged me to do so. In all honesty, there wasn't much thought process involved. It came down to a few things. So number one, I liked science. You know, at that time, you know, you know, that's how what I had. Number two, I enjoyed, to be honest, uh, interacting with people and talking to people and chatting to people. And um, when I did a little bit of work experience in dentistry, I mean, those boxes were ticked. And to be honest, it was a case of dentistry provides uh, a reliable income from you know we grew up in a, in a humble household and I thought it would provide me a good career going forward and a reliable income and that's all there was to it to be honest there wasn't much more than that um, so it seems pretty simple when I break it down and it just so happened that I really enjoy the job and I, I love what I do but um, I still think it's crazy that at 17 you've got to make that decision um, but yeah that, that's my take on it yeah what about you um, so I think mine was, uh, again, like as you have said, it's strange to look back and think, oh, actually at 16 or so, you know, you're choosing your A-levels, you're deciding what, what you're going to do at university. 16, you, you know, you're so young, you, like obviously you're a young adult, but there's so much more that you need to learn about yourself and, and the world. And you have to make this decision that, you know, can dictate, uh, uh, you know, the rest of your life, essentially. So 
you know, for me, I grew up in a community where people were doing vocational careers, like you would go to university to study something as a vocation. You know, the idea of studying something for the sake of studying it, i.e. like, you know, I want to study history because I like history. There was no idea or, or sense of what you would do with that degree. And so, you know, I remember hearing my mom, mom and dad saying, oh, you know, what are they going to do with that degree? And we had no idea about graduate schemes, like the idea of having a degree and then doing something completely different from that um, or it just giving you a basis. It was like go to university to do a vocation to get a job, you know. And then it came down to, okay, your, your options are basically like lawyer, accountant, dentist, doctor, op optician, you yeah, know, like yeah. that. that's that's kind of like where it was skewed to. And um, in the back of my mind, I kind of always thought about, um, you know, the dynamic I saw with women and men in my, in my own surrounding where, generally speaking, the man was sort of the breadwinner and the woman was kind of the, 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 the house, you know, housewife. And that dynamic, I felt led to sort of um, a lot of inequality in the sense of like, you know, if you're reliant on a man for income, then, you know, if he, A, can't deliver, but B, if you want a certain quality of life and he's not able to do that, then you're limited by that. So I didn't want to really be reliant on a man for uh, money, basically. I wanted the freedom to be like, you know, I like, uh, you know, I want to fall in love with someone and I don't want to think about what job they have or what they are able to do because I want to be able to give myself um, a good life and I want to be able to do that myself, ir irrelevant of whether I meet someone or not. You know, I don't want that to ha even be a, be a factor. So for me, I wanted to get a job where I would earn a good amount of money. And, you know, my my parents, um, my dad lost a lot of money when we were quite young. And so, you know, I saw my parents struggle and I got a job as soon as I could when I was 16. And I kind of said, you know, I don't want to take any money from you guys. I paid for my own everything at that age. And I I just I wanted to be independent from quite a young age. And I I had, you know, family who was who was studying dentistry. And they said I asked them why. And they said, oh, well, you know, it's a good career you know it's a nine to five and you get a good good paycheck at the end of it and it was quite quite simply like that that was uh you know an in for me and I thought okay let me think about this but I was good at everything not in an arrogant way but I, I could have done anything with my my A levels because I was an all-rounder but in all honesty I wouldn't say science was my favorite I would say like I was good at it I was definitely like a I love spending time doing art I love studying philosophy those were my and I loved maths but I just thought, you know, at the end of the day, I need to do something where I can earn money and have a good job. And so uh, that's kind of how I went into dentistry. But in my work experience, I fell asleep at my work experience. Like, so, you know, I mean, it's no wonder that I ended up leaving dentistry. Um, but I was trying to make a sensible decision at that time um, based on the information I had, you know, about life and how mm. it worked. So that's kind of how I fell into it. Sorry, so, long-winded answer. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's a great answer because um, actually that last point ties perfectly back to what Yusuf said as well, which is, you know, at 17, how are we expected to know what we want from life? We're 17 years old. You know, the average life expectancy is what, 80 something? Uh, we, we haven't even hit like the, the first full quarter yeah. of that, of our lives. And we're meant to have it all figured out, which, you know, doesn't really make sense uh, because yeah. there's, especially now more than anything since COVID, the amount of opportunity that's arised as well out of a really difficult time. Internet, the ability to us, for us to communicate with people all over the world instantly, uh, being an influencer of some kind. There's so many different things that exist now which didn't exist traditionally. So the idea to have life figured out at 17 
uh, seems way more far-fetched now than it may have used to have been done back in the day. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, obviously I totally get it as well because being from like any kind of South Asian background, there is an expectation, right? Yeah, for So sure. whether you're uh, Indian, Pakistani, like it's ir- irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Everyone thinks the same way, which is become a doctor, dentist, lawyer, engineer, optometrist, something that is secure. Sure, yeah. yeah. And, and I think that's obviously born out of this need for safety as well. Yeah. Um, which again, isn't a bad thing. It's just recognizing yeah. that was the driving force. So a quick question for you guys. If, if you could go back to that moment when you were 17, 18, and you were deciding this idea of like, which career am I going to pursue? What degree am I going to do? And, you know, outside influence essentially makes those decisions for us back then. Was it anything that you guys had dreamed of doing back then where you thought, okay, I need to put that off because it doesn't make any logical or rational sense? Um, I don't think I'd really allowed myself to kind of dream about about those options because I just felt like this is what I had to do. You know, it was like a needs must situation. So I didn't really let myself, my mind go to that position, if I'm honest. How about you? Yeah, I think um, I think it's a, it's a similar situation for me. You know, my parents, to give you a bit of background, like my parents... Um, when we were growing up, they worked on a factory line, you know, that was that was their uh, profession. And seeing them struggle for so many years, it was almost like dreaming about what you'd love to do is a bit of a luxury. You know, mm-hmm. you, you had to be, I had to be really mature from a, a young age. And like Zara, I was, I had a job, you know, from when I was, uh, you know, 16 years old, you know, going forwards. And before that, we used to make money in other ways. And actually having that kind of feeling in your head, like, what do I really want to do with my life? Or how do I want to spend my time in my career? Those weren't things that we really thought about. It was what, like you said, what's going to provide security? What's going to provide safety? What's going to not lead to me having to work so hard to earn ends me, you know, like my parents do and still struggle. Um, And so I think at that time, I, I didn't, I didn't have that kind of thought yeah. process either. It was just a needs must situation. Yeah, I think we're both similar in yeah. that sense. Yeah, yeah. I I really appreciate the the vulnerability there as well because you know that is uh, the way you've put it is perfect. Back then, thinking the idea of doing something that you would love to do or dreaming about the potential seemed like a luxury, and yeah. you know out of that you do what's a necessity to allow yourself to progress and you know, as we become older and we get more experience and you uh, essentially gain more knowledge about the world, the way things work, what your potential is, that's when I guess the dr- the dreams of what else you could do start to come to fruition. Mm. Yeah, I think like being, you know, our parents being immigrants and, you know, they've struggled for us to have a better future. And, you know, we have, we, we, with each generation you grow and you and and you make the the situation better for the next generation right so mm-hmm. you know we've been through what we've been through but our children hopefully will have the luxury of dreaming and 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 we will allow them to do that and and foster that you know um and i think that's what all people do when they come hit somewhere else for a better life like that's what they want their kid that you know the next generations to have so well you guys are both parents so what 
what percentage of what you do on a day-to-day basis would you say is driven by the idea that Nyla is going to be able to dream about what she can do for her life and for her future because obviously an element is about yourselves but like you said there's an element there to allow future generations to also uh, have that experience of having a better life for themselves as well so what percentage of your actions do you think are driven by that aspect I think a fair bit you know we we really want to her to have um, opportunities and to be have the freedom to really just kind of go where her heart takes her I mean you know we've kind of we kind of had to get ourselves to a point where we were able to follow our own dreams and we both helped each other to do that and mm. lifted each other up and supported each other through that and you know um, I think we've come to the realization that actually like you know you don't get fulfillment from life unless you're doing something where you feel like you know you're you're doing something with purpose and it's aligning with what actually is in your heart and what where your talents lie um and so you know everything that we do in terms of work in terms of you know parenting like we just want her to be free um and you know obviously we're going to guide her give her guidance where she wants but essentially like we want her to just follow her dreams because that's what we weren't able to do in some ways. Yeah, I think we've realized from looking at our own relationships with our own parents and our own family and you know the communities and culture we've been brought up in, I think the the influence all that has, you know, you, your environment shapes everything. And you know, we've seen how that impacts both positively and negatively in our own lives and really analyzed that a lot. And so now in terms of parenting, to answer your question, our aim is that 100% of what we do allows for Nyla to be free and to have that free thinking without our own influences and our own baggage, you know, our own yeah. expectations being put on her. Mm. So I think it's that element of being conscious about those things um, in every action that we do, in every small thing that we do, and the bigger things that we do um you know we can only try you know <laughs> i think everyone has messes up their kids some way or yeah. another but we can we can only try our best and yeah i think it's about again it's about having the luxury to be conscious about what we're doing mm-hmm. rather than always like i imagine for our parents it was different you know they're always constantly putting out fires you know they're you know they're living you know in such a way where it's paycheck to paycheck you know you don't have the brain space to kind of think about these things even let alone you know try them so uh, again it, it's a generational change and a luxury that we now have that we can think about these things um consciously so yeah to answer your question ideally 100 percent. what it actually is in real life i don't know we'll never know <laughs> we'll ask we'll ask her when she's in her 30s yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she turns around and be like i can't believe you guys forced me to be free no <laughs> <laughs> you really messed me up yeah. <laughs> So it's, it's always just one extreme to the other. The parents yeah. get in front of it regardless, right? Uh, yeah. so, um, but that's interesting because, you know, uh, I completely agree with you in the fact that consciously now you can choose because you've allowed, you've worked yourself into the position of being with the luxury of choice on how things are now going to be done moving forward. Um, by default, do you see yourself on a day-to-day basis or like weekly basis every now and then going back into maybe like previous conditioning where you start to worry about safety and security and you're like okay i need to have these things in place 
does that still happen? Yeah. Yeah, I think there's there's always you're always kind of battling between those emotions and like between us because we have very similar mindset. I mean, we've we've done a lot of you know personal development stuff. We've been to Tony Robbins together. Like you know, we've done a lot of digging and self reflection, and so we've kind of got to the point where we're we're in a very similar headspace in terms mm. of the values we have and how we want to parent and all that type of thing. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, I've just completely lost the track of what I was saying. <laughs> That's uh, typical in the day of Zara. The, yeah. the day of Zara, Zara, lose track of what you're thinking. What was I? What was I saying? You've it's just, it's just, <laughs> just about conditioning. So, just about the conditioning, and do you ever find yeah. that those thoughts come back to you, where you're like, you start to worry. There's anxiety. There's uh, stress. Where maybe there might not need to be, but because it's been so ingrained into you, it just pops up, uh, which I, I guess is a natural experience, but what happens to you when that happens? Like, how do you deal with that? It's, it's more family, yeah. isn't so it? I, 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 I think you're right. I think that does happen. It is a constant battle. It's a constant battle because, you know, our hard wiring has been there for the, I would say, you know, for me, maybe the best part of 25 years before I started to kind of unravel that wiring right and so you can't just switch that off um you know with a few years of, of, of deep diving and work like it's a it's it's a constant battle it's constant adjustments it's you know also realizing that that voice in your head is not you know doesn't dictate who you are and it isn't you it is a voice in your head and you'll always i think we always have that kind of moment you know every now and again where it's like oh my god we're not doing this we're not doing that we you know we're not earning enough money or we're not working enough or we're not x y and z and actually it's like it's always a reset it's it's like no you know this is what we want to achieve you know we we are interested in you know having our time back we're interested in doing this being conscious in our parenting you know thinking about our relationship whatever it is whatever that whatever whatever that is it's about always re reminding yourself that that's the case and i think Zara is much better at it than I am. You know, she does things to center herself quite a lot. You know, you actively meditate, you know, daily almost, you know, you're much better at looking after yourself in terms of, you know, exercise and yoga and X, Y, and Z. And I think those things really help you for mm. sure. I don't do enough of that. I think they would probably benefit me as well. But um, <laughs> those, those kind of things do help for sure, for sure. Um, also having a sounding board. So as yeah. you were saying, we we have a similar mindset and when one of us is having a bad day the other person will be there to remind remind you know us where we're at what we're trying to achieve and having that kind of relationship it's almost like having your own personal therapist you know that's how i put it i always said zara you're my therapist so you know having that always that safety net always there for each other really helps us get through that problem of you know slipping back into old habits and old thought processes so would you so you for you specifically then would you say that that sounding board is your thing that you go to to find that sense of centering and balance because i know zara's uh quite active she's got uh yoga i think we, when we were speaking to arrange this call you were just coming out of a yoga session and well. so <laughs> it's true ladies and gents it's true <laughs> it's not just saying it uh, <laughs> um so do you think that's maybe your area of like how you go and find balance and centering or do you do anything else that maybe you haven't realized that you're doing but is what's giving you a sense of balance as well yeah so definitely 
Lee, yeah, I've 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 said that to Zara in the past that you know you're almost my meditation. You're almost the way I center. I get centered again, and that's definitely true. Um, and you know you you've highlighted that there, Dipesh. But I think for me, there are certain things that really really help. So being in nature really helps me so for example you know when i go to work uh, one of the days i go to work on a thursday i have a 30 minute walk through hyde park there and back and um before i catch the tube and having that 30 minutes on that day really helps clear my head really helps me clear out the noise and the background and allows me to focus on what's around me and then my day always goes so much better and again on the way home it allows me to decompress you know, seeing patients and, and doing, you know, difficult treatments it allows me to decompress. So when I get home, I can be a good dad and I can be a good husband. And so I always know, like having an hour, half an hour here and there, sitting in the garden, sitting in a hammock, you know, hearing the sound of birds, that for me centers me quite a lot. Um, and I think I really realized that in COVID, to be mm, honest, yeah, I realized absolutely. how much that has an impact on me personally. And so I try and incorporate that whenever I can into my day. But then actually for the two of you, I mean, we haven't even started talking about business yet. This is awesome. <laughs> but this, is, this is super interesting because, um, you know, I have a similar uh, set of things that myself and Chris do together that brings us a sense of balance and everything else. And COVID highlighted a lot of those things where I wouldn't have been as present. So, you know, that idea of being a, a good husband or a, a good wife or a good partner or a good uh, parent does your practices, your individual practices, whatever they might be, whether it's walking through Hyde Park, meditation, yoga, talking to each other and being each other's therapist, how do you think that it helps you be the better version of yourself? Like what specifically about it uh, makes you the better version of yourself for each other and your family? I think it's about getting back to like being centered you know um I think whenever we get into our own heads and the voice in our head kind of takes over we end up just coming from a place of fear or stress or you know you're not you're not coming from a centered place where you're you know you haven't got loads of if you've if you've got loads of noise in your head and you're just you know in fight or flight and you're worried about everything and you you don't have a way of getting centered then you, you you can't be your best self you know and that's something I've learned the hard way like you know I you know went through you know many years of my life being you know what I what I would deem now to be a shell of myself you know like I just became so different to, I didn't even recognize myself and I was not doing any of those things that you know we've talked about to center myself and I didn't know who I was basically and so it's been a journey of like figuring out what I need to do to get back to who I am. And when I, when I go to back to those practices, I feel like I can operate from a place of love. I can feel like I can operate from a place of, you know, a full heart. I have gratitude in my heart. And, you know, when you're coming from like, you know, a holiday mindset, as they say, like you're relaxed, you're feeling, you know, stress-free, then you can be your best self, right? You're not coming from a place of like, oh my God, I'm so stressed. I had a really awful day. Like, you know, it's it's just it's just more it's just more zen you know yeah and and then everything just flows because you're not in an inflammatory state when I used to go to work and I hated my job you know I would be I'd be counting down you know how many patients I'm going to see till the end of the day so I can get out and being in that like 
in that headspace, you know, I was constantly inflamed and I was kind of like, you know, on the defensive all the time. And then, you know, things would happen and I'd have conversations with people and they would, you know, it would, it would completely fly off the handle and I would be like, why is this happening? But, you know, when you look back and you think the state of mind that you're in, in that situation, of course that happened, right? Yeah. So I think I think they have a huge mm. impact on on sort of volatility. Yeah. yeah. To touch on what you've said, I think, and to answer your try and answer your questions, it is about clearing out the background noise, the day to day stresses or what appear to be stresses, and you know, cutting through that and just focusing on you know what's actually important, what's actually relevant, and you know how you want to choose to spend your time, you know, both in your head and physically, you know, that, that what, what did you call it? The holiday mindset, the holiday mindset, yeah. you know, people say that. holiday mindset, but actually the holiday mindset, you know, it's, it, it's not about the holiday. It's all, it's all in your head, yeah. right? You know, you can be on holiday in your head, you know, and have that same thought process where I am relaxed. I am calm. I don't, I'm not worried about what's going on around me. You know, you can take that mindset, you know, whether you're on a beach in Bali, or whether you're walking yeah. <laughs> to work, you know, whether you're sitting on the underground, you can take the same mindset with you. You know, it's just, you know, we're conditioned to believe that the holiday is actually the, 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 the thing that solves the problem, but mm. it's not, it's, it's our mindset. So, yeah, I think, does that, does that answer the question? I don't know. Yeah, no, it, it, it does. And essentially, I think uh, how I'm taking what you guys are saying as well is it just brings you back to a place of being present because yeah massively massively yeah, when you're when you're being present like the voice in your head the ego the thoughts the feelings all the uh all all the directions that are being thrown at you from this state of being high alert tend to reduce in volume i think yeah. it's uh personally I've, I've only experienced it disappearing when i've been in a state of meditation but otherwise it's always there but then just with everything else that's one end of the spectrum then there's the other end of the spectrum. If you were in a space of calmness, peace, zen, uh, like this loving, kind energy, then that also exists. And if you could embody that energy or the holiday mindset or whatever you want to call it, then, you know, what would you choose to do? And I think it comes back to that thing which you both were alluding to, which is you end up creating a choice for yourself because at any one point in time, you can make the decision to operate from that high alert, high stress environment, or you can operate from the peaceful, loving, more zen, more mindful uh, space as well. So yeah, yeah I appreciate <laughs> both of your inputs on that. Um, okay, let, let's talk about the business. Um, <laughs> uh, you, you guys run a, a clinic out of Harley Street in London, yeah. which is called Tweak Facial Aesthetics. How did that even come about? Why facial aesthetics? Why that uh, area of business? What's the driver? How's it been going? And let's talk about that. Yeah, so... Um... You're up. <laughs> I'm going to sit can... back for this. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Tweak's fundamentally my baby. Um, Your first baby. Yeah, my first baby, which <laughs> Yusuf has adopted. Um, but, no, it, basically... it. it you know, I was based, I was doing general dentistry and um, kind of like a bit lost in terms of my career, didn't have a huge amount of passion in it. And in all honesty, you know, other elements of dentistry, if you go to like try and 
you know specialize or something it's either what Yusuf's done which was an extremely rigorous process going through working in hospital for a very long time which I I didn't anticipate I could do or you pay a lot a lot of money you know I'm talking if you're looking at like loss of income plus tuition fees like you know around quarter of a million pounds um to try and specialize in something and and you know if you if you look at courses they're you know very very expensive and at that time the setup we had was you know Yusuf was was working in the hospital and and pursuing his career um at, at the at the cost of his income slightly and I was kind of holding the the front in terms of the finances for for us between us and so I didn't really have the luxury of spending loads of money on training and I ended up in a job where they basically offered to pay for me to do a facial aesthetics course so I was like okay cool let me just try it out you know why not see see what happens and then I started it uh, went on the course I started doing it on uh, patients when I was working as a dentist and I just really enjoyed it. And um, surprisingly, the, the sort of skill set you have in dentistry really lends itself well to facial aesthetics because we're so used to using our hands, dealing with patients, being uncomfortable. We're injecting all the time anyway. We have a deep understanding of anatomy. Um, and so like it does actually lend itself really well to facial aesthetics. But, you know, I was doing dentistry, not really loving it. But when I was doing the facial aesthetic side of things, I was, you know, I'm really having a nice time when I do this. Let me kind of explore this a little bit more. Um, and then I was I was doing it alongside dentistry for for a couple of years, and um, then I I decided to drop a day in dentistry. And I had a patient who was um, a facial aesthetics patient of mine. He had a space that he was um, you know using for uh, as a salon basically, and he said, "Oh, if you ever want to rent it out and start your own um, you know thing, let me know." And I said, "Oh, well, what days do you have available? Because I'm going to be off on Mondays." Because actually, I've got it available one day a week, and it's on a Monday. And I thought okay cool let's just try it out so that's how tweak was born um and yeah it, it started off you know in a in a small salon in east london and um in a cupboard, in a cupboard basically, <laughs> basically in a glorified cupboard, cupboard. Yeah. yeah how all that's... great stories start out that's fine <laughs> yeah on, it, was honestly, it was a windowless room it was it? a windowless yeah. room and that's how it started honestly it wasn't very glamorous but you know it was a space for me to like you know try and explore this part of my career and it kind of just um took its own course really after that you know things started picking up um we we're just trying to grow the business in a really ethical way you know not chasing money just trying to like grow it slowly organically through word of mouth build up our reviews build up our portfolio and then you know as opportunities arose um we moved more towards central london and now we're in harley street and um yes yeah, so that's that's kind of how it came about mm. a lot of, it's all been like riding the wave hasn't it it's been yeah. you know it's not like we didn't do the the classic business model yeah. of this is our five-year plan this is our 10-year plan this is how we're going to get a to b and x y and z so if any of your listeners are uh or they're, they're hoping to get the the tips on how to build the successful business we honestly didn't do any of that we just rode the wave yeah and it wasn't reactive i suppose at times it was reactive you know we lost a lease and we had to find a new place and then you know we thought okay where should we move to and then you know one thing led to another but i think it's an element of um you know being again being present you know in that moment so enjoying the work that you're doing when you're doing it and also taking advantage of opportunities when they arise and not not you know paralyzing yourself with the stress or anxiety or of, fear of it of yeah. what that you know what that means it's just like 
if you if you if you see it as an opportunity and go for it and know that actually what have you really got to lose and a lot of the time it's not a huge amount yeah you know, that's what we found you don't have a huge amount to lose because for fortunately you've always got your degree to fall back on or whatever you can have another stream of income and figure it out and so you know that's kind of the mentality that we had the whole way along and one thing just led to another and now kind of yeah, we're here. Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, for me at the beginning, it definitely wasn't going to be something that was such a big part of, our, of my career. Um, but when I was doing it side by side with dentistry, what I was noticing, like the day I was doing Tweak, I was having a really great day. I'd come home feeling energized, feeling excited. You know, I hadn't felt that at all. And I actually thought that maybe I'm just never going to do something I'm passionate about. Maybe I don't have a passion. Mm. Um, and then when I started doing Tweak, I was like, you know, what? maybe I do have a passion. Like, this is really fun. I like, I love it. I feel good. It's really nice to see people that actually want to see me. And, um, you know, I kind of got to the point where I was doing dentistry and then I was doing facial aesthetics. And, and I just felt like I felt so rubbish on the days where I was doing dentistry. It's so good on the days where I was doing facial aesthetics. And, and I got to a point in my career in dentistry where I just had a complete meltdown. And on my 30th birthday, I remember it very clearly. I just said, you know what? I'm just going to leave dentistry. I'm really not happy in it. I've done it for seven years and I've tried, I've tried all these different jobs and none of them give me joy. And I'm just going to make that intention, put it out there and see what happens. And honestly, as soon as I had clarity, because prior to that, I was like, putting my own limitations you know I would be like oh I can't leave this you know I've done worked so hard for this career like you know how can I just give it all up or you know I'm never going to be able to find a way out and then as soon as I like really removed that limitation from myself you know I said I said out loud I'm going to leave dentistry and I'm just going to pursue my career in facial aesthetics honestly the universe just let made everything fall into place and I'm not even kidding you like I just got I got job offers for it being, uh, you know, for being an injector for group clinic. Like I got so many opportunities come into my lap, like without me seeking any of them out. And I got to a point within three months where I was like, I can give my notice in. And it was probably a slightly risky point. I would say like, yeah. I wasn't at a point financially where I was like, oh yeah, this is going to be easy. But Definitely I was like, not. I'm going to work seven days a week and I'm going to make this work. And so within three months of saying that out loud, I handed my notice in and within six months I left dentistry. So. Wow. <laughs> so there's a couple of things that you guys have touched on there and I'm so glad that you uh, said the last bit that you just did which was uh, setting that intention because one of my like my personal beliefs is that mm -hmm. if you have a strong intention to make something happen then essentially God the universe energy you can call it whatever you want to call it but it, to me it's all the same thing um, it conspires for you to make that thing happen. So my question to you guys is, um, you know, there's a couple of times that you both used the phrase, one thing led to another, right? And that is actually the part where I believe the magic exists of creating anything sure. when one thing yeah. leads to another. Um, so what's your guys' view on destiny, intention, synchronicity? Like, how, how do you see that stuff? In, and looking back at your journey so far with Tweak as well, because I know it's quite young, but for the time that you've had it, what is your view on that playing a part in you getting to the position you're in right now? Um, I mean, I think it's 100% of the reason why I'm at, at we, I mean, where are we are, where we are. I honestly, um, 
I didn't really have an understanding of it, uh, you know, a few years back. And it was at, my sister is my spiritual guru, <laughs> and um, Fatima. And, you know, she taught me so much about, you know, the universe, manifesting, all these kinds of things. But just tapping in and exploring that, that pathway, as soon as I started just being open to it, it's like I just saw things happen in my life where I was like, this is magic. Like, it's undeniable. I'm just going to, this is really fun. Like, let me see where this, if I explore this more, let me see where it takes me. And, you know, some of the stuff that's happened is just absolutely insane. A couple of examples that you uh, wouldn't mind sharing. What, what, what would you say? I, I'll be honest with you. I, I'll, I'm a, before we get to examples, I'm just going to say, I was not a believer in any of this stuff <laughs> until well into our relationship. It wasn't like when I met Zara, it was like well into, I'm a like complete skeptic when it comes to these things. But the thing is, when you see something happening in front of your eyes again and again and again, the word coincidence just doesn't have any meaning anymore. Yeah. And so I've like come to believe like that, it is true like the intention when you put an intention out there when you tap into the universe when you know you try and you know tap into energies around you and give out the vibe that you want to receive and you know that the laws what is it the law of attraction yeah. right i've seen it so many times with this one with zara that it's totally undeniable you know zara will literally she will say you know, we're thinking about doing something or we're thinking about going somewhere, whatever it is, we're trying to make a decision on something. And she will literally ask the universe for a sign. She'll say, give me a sign. And, I, and it won't be something like that's open to interpretation. It will be something so specific that, you know, it, it can't be misinterpreted. So, you know, you know, yeah. can, can, you, can you think of an example? Can you think well, of it's, it's not related to our career, but when um, a few years back, Yusuf didn't get a visa we, we planned a trip to New York mm -hmm. and New York is where I learned about magic <laughs> um and he didn't get a visa and we had like 10 days to go and I was so upset because I've been waiting for a really long time we weren't allowed to travel together before we got married and I'd been going to New York since I was 18 and I've been waiting to take him to New York to experience the magic for about 10 years we had this trip booked and then he got denied a visa 10 days before we went and honestly, it basically just said, like, it's going to take 60 days to appeal this. And I was like, I literally was like, I know you are going to come on this trip with me. Like, you have to make it. And everyone was just like, don't even bother replying. Like, it, it literally, the email address said, like, don't even respond to this email. Mm -hmm. And I was, I just had so much conviction in my heart. Like, he's going to come, he's going to come. Anyway, the day came and he didn't get the visa. And so I went to New York. And the whole time I was there, I was asking for signs. I was like, I asked for a very specific one, one of the days. I was like, I wanna see, there was a, there's a small book table, a table with some books on it, really small table, like maybe 50 books there or something. I said, if Yusuf's gonna get here, then I need to see teeth on this table. Like I need to see teeth, okay? That's and I like go there specific. and I, it's That's really specific. specific. Yeah, and all that time I'd been asking for signs and I'd been getting them along the way, but this was basically the last day where he could still come. It was three, two days before, three days before I left, I was like, I really thought he was going to make it like please I need a sign if he's going to make it anyway so I look on this table and there's a book which is Pride and Prejudice the zombie version and so it's the picture on the front of Pride and Prejudice but it's a skeleton all you can see is the mandible with the teeth and with teeth in it and I'm like oh my god he's going to come anyway 
gets to like nighttime. He's not here. I'm like, okay, fine. Maybe it's not happening. And then, yeah, at 2 a.m., mm. we get we got back from watching a film. And honestly, the, the timing was completely divine. I got out of a taxi with my sister. We hadn't spoken to him in like, Fatima hadn't spoken to him at all in like three hours. She had no idea where he was. And then I got out of the taxi and his, his cab just exactly the same time pulled up from the airport, got out of the car and he surprised me. And so that's, <laughs> that was a really yeah, magical that moment. Was magical, that was yeah. divine. It was, yeah. But you ask for signs like that all the time and the universe provides them. So yeah, I think. Sorry, long yeah. tangent there. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Uh, actually, it's it's not a tangent at all because, I mean, this podcast used to be called Insights by Depeche, right? But I firmly believe only through experience over the last six years of doing things like this, which is asking for a sign, setting an intention, holding a vision or end result of something that I want to happen, something that I want to create. And then things just randomly seemingly seemingly clicking into place to make those things happen. Having it done once, coincidence. Having it done twice, potentially coincidence. But like Yusuf said, there's a point where the word coincidence just doesn't cut it anymore because there's yeah. too much coincidence for it to be um, just something random. And that's exactly. where this idea of synchronicity and things happening for you start to pick in and like one of the things that even I'm picking up from when Zara you've been talking about how you came across tweet from the beginning I believe it's even a lot down to the energy we put out on a day-to-day basis and the way you summed it up perfectly was when you were in your job you felt miserable you were looking for the clock to finish as quickly as possible how many patients left your your thought process, the energy, everything that you were putting out was how can I get out of here as quickly as possible? Mm. And the same, um, pick a, the same day in the week, a Monday, where you're in a cupboard room, no windows, which seemingly to someone else <laughs> listening might go, well, that's way more depressing, no? Uh, but, yeah. you're, but you're coming out from that space going, I freaking love what I'm doing. So all of a sudden, your energy, your emotion, your yeah. state of being is completely different. And this is where I think the whole law of attraction and uh, magic and whatever you want to call it, this is how it exists, right? Which is you, you experience what you are. And if you can take more days out of your week to be more uh, joyful, loving, happy, excited, um, kind of looking forward to something, then you're going to experience more of those things just because that's where your focus is. Um, yeah, so for sure. It's about changing your vibration, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly that. Oh, we are so speaking the same language. Uh, <laughs> okay. No, but it is exactly that, which is, um, you know, even asking for the sign of the teeth, that's such a random thing to do. But, you know, where does the idea of that's the sign that it needs to be come from? And, you know, my, per- actually, before I tell you my personal belief, yeah. what's your belief on that? How do you identify, like, because you said that's where you learned magic, right? New York is where you learned magic. Where do you think those ideas pop into your mind from? Sorry, can you just so, clarify the question? Sorry. Yeah, so do you know how you asked for that sign of teeth uh, that you needed to see on that table that day? Or yeah. That's what you needed to see. 
where do you think the idea of that sign came from? Because that's a very random sign to think of. I mean, I just try and be really specific because I want it to be a definite answer. I don't want it to be open to interpretation. So I'll choose something that's completely random that really isn't likely to be there. So I know that it's intentional and I know that I'm being guided. I think like there's so much of it is just divinely inspired. Like, I don't know where that thought came into my mind from, but it's probably divinely inspired in the same way. I remember when I came up with the name for Tweak, like we had been brainstorming with the name for like six months prior. We'd sit there and be like, what should we call it? What should we call it? And we just couldn't come up with a good name. And I was like, I just don't want like a really like, I, I just want something a bit interesting, like something that people are going to remember. And then I was just driving one day and I wasn't even thinking about it. And literally it was like a, it was like a light bulb. Like I literally just went, oh my God, I'm going to call it Tweak. <laughs> like, and I rang Yusuf and I was like, I'm calling it Tweak. And that was it, you know? And it was like, it's just, I just feel like that was divinely inspired. That was information given to me by, you know, external power you know we are sometimes just channels and and uh you know a, a way for information to come out into the world and you know that's how I try and live my life really yeah that, that's really cool and actually one of the things that you said there is something I really resonate with as well which is you didn't think and the reason I say that more intentionally is because if we just take a moment to analyze thoughts and feelings generally thoughts and feelings are a representation of past experience. How a thought or a feeling can arise about any situation or a person, or, you know, you can see someone and you go, oh, I'm not sure if I like that person because they remind me of someone. That's mm. a past experience, right? Uh, mm. But if we can cut off the channel of rational thinking, then we are essentially freeing up our mind space for something new to come in and that can be you can call it divine intuition uh universe god some something but it's there and i think that i'm hoping that many people have experienced that where you know it leads to other synchronicities as well you might be completely relaxed not thinking of anything and you might think of a person and then two seconds later they're calling you on the phone yeah yeah all the time that is no accident yeah. to me that is a a perfect definition of what synchronicity and putting yourself into that higher vibration, higher energy is all about because things literally come to you effortlessly. One of my views on life is that actually that's how we're supposed to live more consistently. It's not meant to be a once in a six month experience, but it's meant to be like a, a daily or a weekly occurrence, depending yeah, on how much sure. you feel yourself into it. Mm. Love it. Okay. So, you know, that I know we went off on a little tangent there, but actually that's in complete alignment to what this is about because that the reason I changed the name of the podcast the mindful creator is that we're always creating something and the more mindful we are about or the more intentional we are about creating something the more we're going to create what we what we want in life so sure. is this would you say this is how you guys kind of make your decisions moving forward on the business now as well where you're just more focused on the vision and the intention or like how do you make decisions on the business do you know what, sir? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 we don't, we don't have any formal business training. Let's be honest, and we don't have the best uh, role models around us for for business decisions and, and management. I think personally, so one of the things we really rely on is 
our gut feeling. And I, I think that that's something that we really, really uh, hold true and believe in. And, and that's a definitely a different, a different process to what's going on in your brain. Mm. You know, it's completely different. It is something that we trust and we often refer to a lot. We'll, when we're going back and forth about something, we just break it down to sometimes as simple as, you know, Zara, what is your gut feeling? And we go with that, you know, that that's what we go with. It doesn't always make sense. It doesn't always you know, add up logically, yeah. um, but that is something we use all the time. And actually has worked pretty well for us so far. And even if we start something and we do something, we make a decision and things change because things do change. People change and, you know, situations change. If our gut feeling then says, actually, we shouldn't go further down this road we go with that and say actually let, let, let's cut it here let's move let's move on or let's change direction um we we have different skill sets i think as well so zara as you may have uh, picked up on is you know the uh, i mean i call her a witch really i call her a witch because i think she's got magical powers um but you know she's the free thinker and the free spirit and you know, she's really tapped in, I think, into the universe and energy. And I'm kind of hanging on to her coattails. So, um, and picking up on the scraps, I think. But I, I, for me, yeah, I do get some magic. Yeah, get yeah. Some magic. yeah I, I, it's more of a learned skill for me. Um, and it's about changing my mindset. Like I said, I was very skeptical and now I'm very open to, to these things. Um, but I, in, in business decisions, it's, I'm trying to be more logical and trying to look at facts and figures and, and trying to, you know, look at it on paper. And Zara is very much about, you know, the, the other softer skills, I think. And together, we balance each we other, balance out. Each other yeah. out and figure out what we do. But, um, you know, I think, again, it comes down to having a similar mindset. So although we have different routes to get to a decision, we often get to the same decision mm -hmm. in our own ways. Um, yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's a great way of um, kind of wrapping that point up as well, because it's the idea of that balance, because the person... My opinion of this is that the person who wins that life is the person who can hold the the vision, the person who can kind of come up with the inspired, more out there ideas, whilst at the same time managing what's happening in reality. Because yeah. you, you can't let go of one and the other. Yeah, like, for sure. You, you can be in the vision all you want, but your vision is not going to pay your mortgage. Uh, so, you know, there's... Yeah. <laughs> You've summed up your entire relationship in one sentence. <laughs> um, but, but you know, you need both. You need someone who's going to be, um, you need both sides on the coin. You have to have someone who's able to deal with reality and pass that on and, you know, deal with it as a team. And then you need to have the vision as well, because otherwise, where are you heading? Otherwise, you're kind of just cycling through, which is the same as what most people end up doing in a job, which is why they have the levels of uh, lack of fulfillment as well. Um, going to the business, let's just talk about uh, support for a second. When you guys started the business, did you guys have full support from everyone, or did you have to overcome uh, people's opinions and uh, people's maybe pressure on not doing certain things? I think um, both of us have kind of we don't, we don't really conform to what a normal sort of standard life uh, plan would be and so we're, we're quite used to just doing things in Going the way that we the want to do yeah. and I think the people around us are quite used to just accepting that if I'm honest mm -hmm. um, so we don't get like a huge amount of, of, of backlash mm -hmm. um, I think 
you know, there was definitely when I decided to leave dentistry, I definitely had uh, some resistance to that from my immediate family. But that, you know, that comes from, you know, their own experiences and security and, and necessity for security. Um, and, and I do understand that. Um, I, I think what the other thing was, I suppose, when you had that moment on your 30th birthday and you said you wanted to pack it in, we weren't in a financial position where you could just leave mm. a full time dental job. But, you know, you had supported me through my training for so long. I was still in training at that point. But, you know, I knew that if you wanted to leave and you weren't happy, you will find a way to make it work in whatever you decide to do. And so I think often with these things, your partner or even the person's person closest to you can be the person who's actually holding you back the most, you know, with even sometimes without you realizing. Mm. So I think that was, that's probably worth mentioning that yeah. I think we've always had each other's back, yeah. back yeah. with whatever we want to do. And I think that was the first step, right? Yeah. And then after that, like it was just in flow. Yeah, you had a little bit of resistance from your family, but I think it was it was it was more caution and concern, um, which is which is absolutely valid from their perspective because they're just looking out, you know, for your for your security, right? Yeah. Um, and obviously, I was not in a highly paid job at that time. I, I you know, we, we, I was yeah. in an NHS training job, so it's not like I could just take over all the expenses. So um, it was a risk. Yeah. And but you no, know, I don't think you you had a huge amount of resistance. No. I, I also think it comes down to not giving a huge, you know, not giving a fuck really about what <laughs> other people think. It was really about if we if we think it's right, and I suppose, you know, you do want the validation of your parents to some degree, but I think we've also realized that that's not always 100% right. Um, after that, you know, we just crack on. Yeah, I think as long as we're both on board for something, then after that, you know, we're the ones that have to live that, that life and so you know as long as we're in alignment with each other outside of that you know we can we can kind of make it work yeah and yeah. outside of those circles nothing really matters yeah but in general like I think our family have been very supportive yeah, yeah. you know and it's really just our family our mates are just like that's really cool <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they just, don't care about security <laughs> that's always a little bonus right um but actually so what is then your advice as a couple who've been through this where you know you've taken the risk and started something from scratch what is your advice to someone who might be feeling like they need to uh, leave they've got this strong pull to do something different but their partner isn't on board what is your advice to someone like that what is some of the things that they could do to uh, help them take a step forward I think you know if you have a good relationship with your partner and you have a good good line of communication you can you can find ways of explaining that you know when you're not you know for living a fulfilled life in your job then it affects your day-to-day -day existence which then affects how you are in your relationship and actually it, if for a couple to work well together you both have to be able to kind of live your live in your best like you know state of mind and I, I think you know, a big part of it is just kind of explaining that you know if you were to you know follow your dreams then you know you're probably going to be a much better person to be around and you know you know the relationship would work better and actually like yeah I, mm. I think uh, I think yeah, that's right and I think the other thing most I suppose 
the biggest problem for a lot of people in that situation is is finance right like how do you overcome the financial difficulties of leaving a job which may you know provide you a guaranteed income of whatever that is in your circumstance mm -hmm. to go and do something else which often means there might be a gap in that finance or you know like you said starting from scratch so i think it's a way of maybe mitigating that and whether that's you know transitioning from one career to another like you did you yeah. were kind of doing a bit of both and to and then you then realize that actually if you gave this a really 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 good go and you were 100% dedicated you can bridge that gap of, of income it might take a little bit of time but you can do it um you know whether it's kind of finding solutions to that in order to facilitate you know a change of career or change of circumstance whether that's you know taking a loan out to do it whether that's you know transitioning careers Working you know more, working yeah. you know whatever you've got to do to, to make it happen you've got to find those solutions to give your partner assurances and hopefully you'd hope that if you're in a good relationship you know they want you to be happy yeah, yeah and that will work and i think yeah. for, for for you you saw how on how i changed yeah. you know we've known each other since we were 18 and you know yusuf definitely saw that I wasn't really myself anymore after doing a job that I hated for seven years. Mm. I mean, if we go back to basics, at the end of my first year of dental school, I was going to quit and I didn't. And so, you know, the, there's been a huge amount of resistance for me in that job for a really long time. It was affecting my health. It was affecting the way that I was. And I think you just saw how unhappy I was and mm. how, how much of an impact that I'd had. And you wanted me to be my old self again. And so, you know, finding a finding a way for, you know, us to be able to nurture that part of, you know, our, um, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, to find a pathway for me to kind of pursue my dreams and, and ambitions would allow him to have, you know, me back in a way. Um, but, you know, I, I think like removing your own limitations is so important and, you know, understanding that, that even if it is really hard, there is always a way. I know financially, like, you know, not everyone has that option. But, you know, if I look at what I was spending before I, I left dentistry, I was spending so much more money because I was so unhappy. It's just like going on holidays more, buying more clothes. And like, you know, I, I basically, you know, halved or, or quartered what I was earning and we were still making ends meet. It's because I just wasn't didn't need to, you know, fill the void in my heart with a bunch of material items. You know, it can come down to to that mm. type of thing too. Mm. You know, that's, that's a great um, realization and awareness actually, which is possibly the less happy you are, you might be trying to fill that void financially through trying to gain happiness through external situations, whether mm. it's holiday, exactly buying items, cars, bags, whatever mm. you're buying. Yeah, for sure. Uh, which is quite an interesting way to look at it. So I appreciate the answer. Um, what has been the biggest obstacle for you guys so far working within the business? Either, actually, professionally, so for the business, the biggest obstacle, and also as a couple in business, what do you think has been the biggest obstacle you guys have had to overcome? Can we just pause for a second? I need to grab a charger, otherwise, okay. otherwise it's going to cut. <laughs> Go for it, go on. Sorry. Uh, I'll have a think. Business, uh, big, biggest business hurdle we've had so far. I think COVID was really hard. Yeah. Um, you know, I was pregnant and uh, it was pre-vaccine, so I stopped working for six months and everything was on hold. And 
you know, you've got people who are waiting for your services. So that's really tough. Um, but, you know, we, we try not to overthink, you know, there are always obstacles and hurdles with a business. Like, you know, you're always putting fires out, but you, you just have to put the fire out and wait for the next one. You know, you can't, you know, I don't think we focus massively on, on, um, on each problem individually. I think it's just, you know, about accepting that part of having a business is having some obstacles along the way, which can often lead you. I think for me, I've seen that, you know, sometimes when you think there's something going wrong and there's an obstacle, actually it's a blessing in disguise. And, you know, there's a, there's a bigger picture out there. And so I kind of just leave it down to fate and I'm like, you know what, if this isn't the right thing, then maybe something else is better for us and, and, and kind of, you know, coin it as that really. Yeah. Yeah. What was your guys um, number one way? Oh, there you go. Sorry. Is that right? Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Well, um, good, yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't. By the way, don't worry about this. This is none of this is getting cut out. Uh, just because it's it's just what happened. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's it's just more real. Um, what what was your guys' coping mechanism during COVID? Like, what did you do during COVID strategically and practically that helped you get through it from from a business perspective? Um we had uh, you know because because we weren't operating the clinic at all we mm. had you know some colleagues that were work, friends of ours that we sort of referred to they weren't willing to wait just have to hold it i think mm. <laughs> and you know i think there was an element so you know we can't and and patients were very understanding about that so you know we 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 just had to do you have any, anything you want to add there? I can't think about COVID. Co coping. Yeah, coping it's a, it's a, it's a blur, COVID. isn't it? It's a bit of a blur. God, um, probably got PTSD and, and uh, wiped out. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I mean, from a business perspective, I suppose things were made easier in the sense that everything stopped, right? So because almost the whole world stopped, um, everyone was affected equally if that makes sense. Yeah. So all aesthetics clinics had pretty much stopped working. It's non-essential care Yeah, as it was well, non-essential you know. care. So I think there was an element that, you know, I suppose if, if we were the, if, you know, if you're in a situation where you've stopped, you kind of worry that everything else continues and you're going to lose your business, you're going to lose your customers, you're going to lose your clients, everything else. So because everything had stopped, there was an, almost a little bit of security in that, that actually well, everyone's going through the same thing. And if we can ride this out, it will be fine when we pick it up again, which was the case, actually. Yeah, it right? was. Um, obviously, we managed to benefit from some of the government schemes yeah, and bounce back loans and yeah. things like that, which actually really kept us really afloat. Kept slow, yeah. That really helped us a lot because we still had to pay rent through that whole time on, in, in, in Harley Street or in Wimpole Street. Yeah, so, and that was a lot to have to manage. Um, and so, yeah, I think those were... That, that's and, that's and, and that was the main really, thing yeah. and also it's that sentiment that actually you can't control these external influences you can't plan for it you can't control it and so is there any point stressing about it no and also you were pregnant at the time so we understood that the impact that stress hormones have on a developing child and we were trying to mitigate that constantly and so focusing on these things just you know there was no point it did help that you know I was I was salaried at the time, um, and so we did have a income. Um, but yeah, the business had completely it was completely yeah. we were just 
just eating away into into loans really yeah yeah i mean i think you know neither of us have, have really that scared of failure we understand mm. that you know it's better to have tried and, and failed than to have not tried at all and so you know at the end of the day we kind of just thought well you know if it packs up and we can't pick up again then that's just the way it is we'll find something out we'll figure it out we'll yeah. figure it out you know and then we've got job security because obviously we're both dentists by background um but yeah i think that that really mitigates a lot of stress because you just think okay well if this isn't the opportunity that's gonna you know make us make it then something, something else, else will come along yeah. yeah yeah okay love it uh so then practical business tip what has been the most effective marketing strategy for you guys to grow the business and develop it and grow a client base um i think yeah a lot of it is organic growth but you know at the beginning we heavily focused on getting reviews getting photographs building a portfolio and that's really carried us i mean obviously we don't get a huge amount of patience through social media but i think social media has a big part to play in the industry that we're in you know, it shows a certain level of us being established. It's good for like, you know, maybe not getting patients, but other career opportunities, networking within the industry. Um, you know, uh, patients will will look you up. To... So I think that that's a massive yeah. tool for us, social media, and you use that in your own business as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. But I think ultimately the, the number one thing I would say is aim always to do good work to treat everyone with you know with the best care you can provide and that organic growth that comes from that and that word of mouth and that spreading of positive energy leads to improved success and in, in, increased income and everything it is slow it's not the the the, the quick way to do it but it's the most reliable yeah, way to do sure. it and yeah. those patients that we get through recommendations through word of mouth we're, we don't we're not selling anything you know we just give them the care that they've been told that they're going to get and they are happy and they are you know they are taking on any treatments that we recommend so you know i think that is the number one thing if the second you start chasing money and start really trying to maximize and squeeze patients for you know treatments it doesn't work you know patients pick up on this yeah. they know what you're trying to do and it just doesn't work you can't it's you can't sell them treatments it just it, you know you you we, we work as if we are treating our family members and only do what's in their best interests and yeah. that's a very that's a very medical standpoint and from from that we know that we get good organic growth yeah and i think because of our background you know we've understood that actually people to get good satisfaction from 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 customers really they just want your time mm. they want you to mm. make them feel special and they want your time and the only time where you get complaints or an issue arising is often when you're time pressured and people feel they've been rushed and they haven't been given that attention that they, they deserve, you know? So I think, you know, both of us, when we treat anybody, we always go in, whether we're making any money or not, you know, at the beginning I wasn't making any money. And I just always went in with the standpoint that I'm gonna treat everybody as if they're five-star patient, VIP, give the best customer services I can, do my absolute utmost best and 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 then you know we just replicate that again and again it, it, it's irrelevant what our outcome is from that because we just give the best experience that we can and that has carried us mm. i think and that's why we've got such good reviews and and, and we get so much recommendation mm. yeah good yeah I, and the word of mouth thing i think that's so grossly underestimated as to how powerful that really is because 
you know, uh, you could have a friend turn around tomorrow and go, oh my God, you need to go and try this restaurant. And based just off of that statement, you will potentially go and be yeah. at that restaurant that weekend. Whereas yeah, exactly. that same restaurant tries to market to you and sell to you through traditional channels, you might go, mm, okay, I'll think about it and may or may not take a decision. But that word of mouth referral uh, puts so much emphasis on the value, the service, the the type of people that you are um, is enough for that person to go, I recommend them. And that's exactly how, like even the optician, that is a large part of how we've grown. We've never done any real traditional marketing, which is crazy uh, for most businesses. But for us, it has worked ridiculously well. just out of curiosity who was your first ever client was it a family member was it a friend oh my god who was it oh it was my dental nurse <laughs> amazing <laughs> one one dental nurse spread all the good words <laughs> but um and actually just out of curiosity do you guys ever ask like your family and friends to refer people to you and let them know to kind of just inform them that this is what you guys are doing if anyone was interested in taking on a facial aesthetic treatment or was it just through people finding you on google maybe at the beginning i think yeah i think all of them want us to be successful Mm. so they all kind of pimp out our services yeah Yeah, i don't well i don't think um the thing is um (laughs) the thing is treating family and friends and things like that comes with its own challenges too (laughs) so (laughs) um that comes with some difficulties now now not so much obviously i think everyone we know kind of knows what we do yeah um at the beginning for sure we we would have been doing that when we were trying to just get some experience under our belts and you know trying to grow portfolio and you know of, of images and you know that kind of thing yeah definitely um, we, we all had all our treatments were discounted and we were doing yeah. offers and x y and z just to get just to kind of get people in and, and you know just just grow just start something you know because when you're literally starting from zero so yeah at the beginning yes definitely yeah and I think we just we just knew that like it takes three years for a business to like really start to bring money in and so we kind of had that in the back of our mind and that's the mindset we had from you know we didn't expect to be making loads of money from the beginning and that really alleviated a lot of the stress as well yeah well and just a question around magic and intention and everything else just based off of that statement do you ever feel that that statement alone where you know if it's going to take three years and we weren't expecting to make money right from the start do you feel like that can have an impact on how the business does at the beginning well yeah now you've said that definitely (laughs) (laughs) like oh my god why did I say that in my head yeah I know it's that balance isn't it it's always that balance of intention of where you want to be and what you want to achieve but also a little bit of reality you can't run like we said you can't run away from the realities of starting a business from scratch um so it, it is about that fine balance definitely um yeah, I think I don't. Uh, we <laughs> so we say Zara says you know it takes three years to to start you know get a business going. But I vividly remember us starting Tweak, and you know we used to call ourselves free millionaires. We were like you know we are free millionaires. <laughs> you know in our head we're definitely millionaires. It's just not followed through in our bank account yet. Um, and so although we were like okay we know this is going to take a bit of time, we had the mindset that we were already there right uh, yeah so it, it is both it is both things right definitely it's holding both it's, i love that nice little 
caveat in the background there. I like it. <laughs> okay. So final question about the business. This, this has been amazing. I'm hoping you guys have enjoyed this as well. Um, really fun. What is the ultimate vision for Tweak? What is, what is the, the long-term goal? You know, we're not planners, really. I think you by nature probably are, but we've realised that, you know, you can plan and, you know, I, I, I firmly believe we plan and God plans and, and, and in the end of it, you know, is there a point in making a plan? I don't know. We, we kind of just have an idea of roughly where we'd like it to go, but I'm so open to things changing and, and, and I'm open to having, you know, entire new careers at this point. You know, I love facial aesthetics right now and I love you know my business whatever but you know I don't know if it's going to serve me for the rest of my life and we're only going to do it for as long as it serves our values and 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 aligns with us and then you know if something else comes along then maybe that's the path we're supposed to take so we're still open I think um we we don't have hard plans for the business you know we never had it in the beginning and we don't have it now but I think we do have really clear vision of how we want to live you know how we want to spend our time and how much we want to work I think we're quite clear on that mm. and we are always just constantly trying to make sure that our working time and hours and our business and our careers fit into that vision as opposed to having a specific vision for our business I hope that makes sense yeah um, no, definitely. so and and that's why what Zara said is true because as long as tweak and as long as my career and as long as everything else serves us and gives us what we want in terms of our day-to-day -day life, then it's great. But the second that stops serving us or stops, you know, or becomes, or becomes so much that is taking away from what we're trying to achieve, you know, in terms of our time, then that's when we have to seek a change, right? So I think it's, it's more to do with managing our day-to-day -day experiences yeah. as opposed to you know managing our business yeah i think you know we we have chosen to go down alternative paths not to make money per se but it's actually to get our time back i think that is such a huge you know reason that we've taken the you know the paths that we have mm. and so because of that it it kind of dictates yeah what you said basically yeah yeah like, what day it's monday it's monday today right yeah yeah so we're sitting here monday afternoon talking to you like you know a few years ago whatever that just would not be possible it'd yeah. never be possible you know so that kind of we've made a rule that we yeah. don't want to work more than 50 percent of the week um and we want to spend time together with each other and our and our child and that's the way we want to live our life and time is money and you know uh the the most I firmly believe the most precious resource in the world is time and you know what we don't even know how much we've got of it so um it's the most precious commodity out there and you know anything you can do to have have your time is is in my opinion you know worthwhile so would you guys say that that is your ultimate value together as a couple where it's time freedom over all else yeah yeah 100 yeah yeah I love that Okay, well, random question, and you can do one of each if you like. What is your favorite book and movie? And you can choose which one's gonna pick a book and which one's gonna pick a movie out of the two of you. Oh, oh my God, literally last night in bed, I couldn't sleep. I never think about this. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, what's my favorite film? And I started thinking about my favorite films. And literally, I never think about that. 
Have I know why now? Here we go. Synchronicity oh, magic is all happening. It's, it's all, all happening. happening. <laughs> I think it's called, okay, I think it's called Nine Days. Okay. It's a really cool film. Um, I watched it on a, fil- on a plane on a day where I really needed it. That's probably one of my favourite films. What's so, the premise of it? It's the one about where you get to choose if you're going to be a human. Like so, they're, they're interviewing people. They're interviewing people basically to see if they get to have the human experience. Okay. And yeah. why is that such an important movie to you? I think it really just like, it, it really beautifully um, shows the, the beauty of being a human, having the human experience, being a soul and having a human experience and, you know, highlights how lucky we are to be on this incredible planet and how much magic there is around us and how much joy there is to be had on a daily basis, you know, whether that's just having like a little moment with your child in the morning when you're getting ready for work or, you know, enjoying the smell of coffee when you're making it in the morning, you know, it it comes down to those micro moments of of joy on a day-to-day basis. And um, yeah, I thought it really portrayed it very beautifully. So that's why that's probably one of my favorite films. Love it, nine days. And Yusuf, then you can pick the book yeah, I'm sitting here staring at my bookshelf because I'm thinking there's so many <laughs> options to choose from. I mean, we I tend to read such varied books and they they give us, you know, they, they provide so many different uh, insights and, yeah. you know, have, have an impact in so many different ways. I think the ones that stand out for me, I don't often read self-help books, but one I did read really did open my eyes is how to win friends and influence people. It sounds like oh, yeah. a, the title sounds terrible, right? Yeah, no, no, it's great, dude. It's such a good book, yeah. such a good book. It's, it's a great book and it's so simple. And most self-help books that are actually very good are very simple. And that the whole, the premise of that book is the small things we can do in our day-to-day interactions to have a positive impact on the people around us. I think probably that's probably the easiest way to summarize it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the things are so simple in that book. And most people, they're, you know, they, they're just almost either turned down or switched off that they don't even realize that these small things have such a huge impact and then have a, a greater knock-on domino effect on, you know, on your, on your day-to-day and, you know, further than that. So How to Win Friends and Influence People is a really short and easy book to read that, you know, I think made me really conscious about how I interact with everyone around me. Um, and it wasn't necessarily anything new information wise, but it was just a consolidation and an awareness of that information. Um, so yeah, I would probably say that. The other book that I would just say that I really enjoyed reading was probably Sapiens. Um, Sapiens? By yeah, Sapiens. Yova Noel uh, something? Yeah, yeah, so much. Yes, yeah, so, so much great information in that book. Such an interesting, an interesting viewpoint from someone who is not religious, but has a great deep understanding of religion and um, you know, the, the kind of growth of mankind. I think it's a really good and a really interesting read. Um, so yeah, I'd say probably those two. Yeah, amazing. And final question, if you could go back in time to one moment to your past self, and give one piece of advice only, what age would you go back to and what would you say? Oh, that's a really hard question. <laughs> <laughs> you, could, 
Do you want to give that a go? To my youngest self, what would I say to her? I'd probably tell her to follow her heart a little bit more and love her body a bit more. So that's stuff I struggled with in the past and having become a mother and my body changed, I think, you know, you look back and you think, oh, I wish I'd enjoyed my uh, <laughs> thinner body whilst it was the way it was. And, and, you know, being a woman in that time period, I think lots of people will probably feel that way. So yeah, not being so hard on myself and actually just loving myself for who I was really. That's beautiful. Mm. I like that. I think, I mean, I think I would probably just go back to my late teens, maybe before I started uni, and tell myself to just be more open-minded. I think that is, that's probably the one of the biggest things that, you know, I learned the hard way, that actually just be open to new things, new experiences, things that are, so you know, different to your upbringing and your environment growing up just be aware that there is more to life than what you know at that time and don't let those things close off opportunities to you so I'd say just be open-minded and take opportunities when they arise because I learned that later when you know we got together and you know we got married and you know after that I really you know placed importance and value on that and I think if I done that a little bit earlier I mean, things may not have been that different, but I might have squeezed a bit more juice out of life, I suppose. Yeah. Well, that is a uh, perfect point to finish on. So guys, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, it's been awesome to get to know your stories, the way you guys think and how you approach life. Uh, for, any, for everyone listening, if they want to get in touch with you um, at Tweak Facial Aesthetics, or if they want to get in touch with you to, to ask any questions, uh, what's the best uh, way for them to do that over Instagram uh, through the company profile? Yeah, so it's at Tweak Your Face on Instagram. Perfect. That's at Tweak Your Face. And that is Zara and Yusuf. Guys, thank you so much and thank have you. an amazing day. Thanks. Thanks it's been Pesh. really fun. Take care. Take care, everybody. so much for tuning in to the mindful creator podcast if you enjoyed today's episode and you got some value from it i'd really really appreciate a review and don't forget to share this podcast with friends family colleagues anyone that you think could benefit thanks again have an amazing day and stay visionary